Good morning, city-based family and friends. It's great to be able to be speaking to you again this morning. I trust that you are all well, that you are growing in the love and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before I get into my message this morning, I'd like to address a sensitive situation that is causing a problem around the world today, and it's the issue of racism. As a church, we do not support racism in any way whatsoever. There is a tremendous amount of racial violence going on in the world today. As the Church of Jesus Christ, we cannot be involved in being racist. We have been called by God to love one another. In 1 John 4 verse 7 in the New Living Translation, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Cannot be as bold as to say that anyone who does not love is not a child of God and does not know God. This may sound harsh and sound hurtful. We say we are children of God, yet we hate our brothers and sisters. And in 1 John 3 verse 5, it says this, Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers do not have eternal life within them. When Jesus died on the cross, it was for people from every tribe, language, and nation. It was not for a select few. Christ has called us to be a united people, and the perfect example of unity is the unity between the triune God. Unity does not mean that we all look the same, act the same, and think the same. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three distinctly different persons and have different roles to play, but the three are one. They are in unity. My wife, Lauren, read me an article the other day that explained things in a way that made sense to me, and I'd like to explain it to you. In an orchestra, there are many different instruments, and when you come to the theater to listen to them play, you're expecting to hear beautiful music, but when you enter and first sit down, there is just one big noise going on, and it sounds terrible and everything is messed up. Everyone is doing their own thing. But when the conductor comes out onto that stage and he taps his baton on the music stand in front of him, everyone stops what they are doing and their attention is focused on the conductor. And as he instructs them and they start to play, they make a sweet symphony. Everyone playing their part in unity with each other. This is the way it was before we were children of God. We were like all those musicians, just making one big noise on our instruments, doing our own thing. But the day we handed over our life to Jesus Christ, the day we gave control over to him, everything changed. And we started to play, in other words, live according to his direction. In an orchestra, if you're not going to follow the directions of the conductor, you'll be asked to change your ways. And if you refuse to change your ways, you are going to be asked to leave. And in the kingdom of God, God is asking us to live according to his ways, according to his word. How can you call yourself a child of God? And then just hate somebody. If you are doing that, you are not part of God's orchestra. In other words, you are doing your own thing. You are not in unity with the body of Christ. There was a song that we used to sing many years ago in the church. 
And it's these were the words. They will know that we are Christians by our love. And I want to know, is this true of you? Race, culture, language, tribe and nation is not the problem. Sin is the problem. And racism is sin. Church, we need to guard our hearts from falling into the sin of hating people who are not like us. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. We can do this, hey church? Yes, we can, because the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And that's who I want to be speaking about this morning as we get into the message. The Holy Spirit. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. You may be asking, what is Pentecost? This is the day we celebrate when the Holy Spirit, who had been promised by Father God, came to indwell the followers of Jesus. This is the day that the church, the called out ones of God, was born. Before Jesus was taken up into heaven, he gave his disciples this command that is found in Acts 1 verse 4 to 5 and verse 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, and the other believers on the day of Pentecost, those who heard them speaking in tongues were perplexed and asked, what does this mean? And today people are still asking that same question, what does this mean? Jesus, while eating with his disciples, instructs them to go and wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. Jesus explains to them that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, and that they would receive power to be Christ's witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the utmost parts of the earth. Just as the ministry of Jesus depends on the Holy Spirit descending on him at baptism, and we can see this in John 1 verse 32, then John gave this testimony, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. So the ministry of the disciples depended on them receiving the Holy Spirit and relying on his power. And it's the same for us. We also need the Holy Spirit and his power in our lives. While the disciples had experienced a measure of the Spirit's power before, and we see this in John 20 verse 22, and with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost would come to dwell in them permanently. And in John 7, verse 37 to 9, we read this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And in John 14, verse 17, the Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives 
with you and will be in you. When we get to Acts chapter 2, it is a, it's an historical event, not only for the disciples, but also for those who had gathered in the upper room, and also for us as believers. It signified a new period in God's dealings with his people. Pentecost signaled the dawning of the age of the Holy Spirit, and the fullness of the Spirit in God's people is to empower them for witness to all the nations. So in one way, the meaning of Pentecost is God's equipping his church with the power of his spirit so that he will be glorified among the nations. The point of Pentecost is mission, and the goal of mission is that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the waters cover the sea. If we properly understand this great historic event, our hearts will burn with passion to see people from every tongue, tribe, and nation bowing their knee to Jesus, lifting up the name of Jesus and declaring the name of Jesus wherever they go. Going is important in God's economy. We have not been called to sit and be comfortable. We have not been called to, to be all happy and just have things our own way. And that's not the way city-based church is going to be either. We've been called to go. What is on your heart? What region, what nation is on your heart? And then the next question is, are you willing to say yes and go? And we can see if we follow Isaiah's example in Isaiah 6 verse 8, it reads like this, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah answers and said, Yahweh, send me. Are we willing to say, Here I am, Lord, send me? The church is God's plan to reach the nations. There were three great Jewish festivals each year Passover in the spring, celebrating Israel's deliverance from Egypt, followed immediately by the festival of unleavened bread, which is Pentecost, and also called the Feast of Weeks. And that occurred 50 days or seven weeks after Passover, and then the Feast of Tabernacles in the fall. Pentecost was initially a harvest feast, where the Jews were to offer the Lord the first fruits of the new grain. Until the day of Pentecost, the Lord's people consisted of Israel, along with a few Gentiles who had left their religion and converted to Judaism, not all of the Israelites were believers, but it was through this nation exclusively that God worked through his covenant promise to form a people for himself. But now the Lord formed the body of Christ, the church made up of Jews and Gentiles on equal footing, Paul calls this inclusion of the Gentiles in the church a mystery, and we can see this in Ephesians 3, verse 4 to 7. In reading this then, you will be able to understand by insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs, together with Israel, 
members together of one body and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. In Matthew 16 verse 18, Jesus tells Peter, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Thus, the church founded on the apostolic confession and witness of Christ is God's means of taking the gospel to the nations, resulting in him being glorified in all the earth. We need to remember that our purpose as the Lord's church is not to focus on ourselves and our own happiness and comfort. Our purpose is to spread the knowledge of the goodness of God to all nations, beginning here in our own town springs and then going everywhere the Holy Spirit leads us. If we lose our outward focus, we lose our purpose and we end up losing the reason for existing. And God is not glorified among the nations. Just think of that for a moment. The enormity of that. So I'd like us to read the account of what happened in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit was poured out. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pergia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some I ever made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. And then we see Peter stand up and he addresses the crowd. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. 
The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you want to look up the comparison to those last few scriptures, you'll find them in the Old Testament in Joel 28. Sorry, in Joel 2 verse 28. The meaning of Pentecost is God's equipping his church with the power of his spirit so that he will be glorified among the nations. God's plan is for all the nations. In Acts 2 verse 5 we read, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, not from some nations, but all nations. God's plan is for the nations of this world to come to repentance so that they can be saved from eternity void of him. These God-fearing Jews who had come to Jerusalem were representatives of the nations of the world. They were people from every nation under heaven. They were people. They were devout men, meaning God-fearing, as is obvious from the fact that they had made this pilgrimage to Jerusalem for this feast. But they did not yet know their Messiah had come and been sacrificed. And Peter will shortly explain all of that to them in the sermon that he preaches to them. God's plan is no longer just for the Jews. But his good news is for all the nations, as John proclaims in Revelations 5 verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. So we can see God is interested in people from all across the world, not just from one place, but all across the world. All nations on the Father's heart. He wants all nations to hear the good news of what his son Jesus accomplished on the cross for us. We cannot rest until all the nations have heard the good news about Christ. This plan of God just sounds so overwhelming. How can we possibly reach the nations? And I want to say to you, we can't do it in our own strength. That is why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit was given to us. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can accomplish and fulfill God's plan. God's plan is that he will be glorified among the nations. These Jews from all the nations heard the disciples speaking in other tongues of the wonders of God. And in Acts 2 we see Peter, the man who had feared for his life. And had denied Jesus. Now we see him boldly stand up because he had been filled with the Spirit of God. And he addresses the crowd. And he explains to them what has happened. How Jesus of Nazareth was the man accredited by God to them by miracles, wonders and signs which God did among them through him. How he was handed over to be put to death by wicked men. And how God had raised him from the dead. Then in verse 36 to 38 we read, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. 
and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The goal of the gospel is to glorify God. At one of our equipped times, I heard Tyron say this, the reason mission exists is because the worship of God does not. And in Revelations 5, John has a vision of God being worshipped by angels, by elders, and by living creatures. That should be our vision as well, to see the nations coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ so that we can worship Father God together. God's purpose at Pentecost was to equip his church with the mighty power of the Holy Spirit so that we would be witnesses to all the nations resulting in his eternal glory. And so I want to ask you a few questions this morning as you think about this purpose. In the way you are living your life right now, is God being glorified? Or are you living your life in such a way that the world does not even know you're a child of God? The second one is, um, Tyron, the leader of New Covenant Ministries International, is always reminding us of the importance of going to the nations. And this isn't something that is just on his heart. This is the heart of the Father. All nations are on the heart, are on his heart. My question, my second question to you is, is your heart in tune with God's heart? Or is it full of excuses as to why you can't do it? The third question is, are you cons consciously dependent on the Holy Spirit? Do you even know the Holy Spirit? Do you hear when he speaks to you? Do you obey when he speaks to you? Because we need the Holy Spirit. He's there to help us live out this Christ-like life. And he's there to help us to live it to the full. And I want to say to you that you cannot do it without his help. If you are trying, you will fail and you are going to fail every time. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Do you have a desire to bear witness of Christ to those who are lost and perishing? The power of the Holy Spirit isn't given just to make you happy, comfortable and feeling good. The Holy Spirit is given to make you holy so that your life and your words reflect and bring glory to God as you bear witness to his saving grace. You and I need the Holy Spirit. Get to know him. He will fill you with the power of God so that you can carry out the Father's mission here on earth and in so doing, bring glory to God. Can we pray together? Father, thank you for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you that you live in the hearts and the lives of all of those who have made Jesus Christ Lord of their lives. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you will give us the power to be able to go out and be witnesses of the goodness of what God has done. That we'll be able to be witnesses of what Jesus has done, what Jesus has accomplished on the cross for us. And I pray that where we are not living lives that are pleasing to you, that we will change our ways and that we will line up with what your word has to say. So that when the world looks at us, they will see Jesus inside of us. Father, I pray that you 
start speaking to your people, that your people will start to know where you are calling them to, to which people group they need to be ministering to. Father, I thank you that you are opening doors for us as a church and that you will continue to open those doors wide for us. I thank you for the opportunities that you've already given us and that you will continue to give to us so that we can impact not only our town, but the nations of the world. We thank you for this in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus. Amen. It was great to be with you again this morning. God bless you and have an awesome day. Amen.